You already know what time it is. Welcome back in to the NFL with AJL, episode 32. Maybe one of the most packed shows we've had in a while, guys. NFL news is starting to pop off. Preseason is just around the corner, and the regular season Chiefs-Lions on Thursday night is going to be here before we know it. Hope everyone's had a great week. Thank you for tuning in. You are locked in with us live on any live platform you might be viewing us on. Please make sure to like the stream. Subscribe Excuse me. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Lord, let me get my words together. Uh, share the stream of course you already know the qr code in the corner of the screen is every bit of content that we got if you can't scan it at the nfl with ajl on all social media and podcast platforms again hope you guys have had an awesome week as we head into the weekend august is literally right around the corner and here comes that nfl preseason as well we got aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut we got pay cut we got dalvin cook visiting the jets we got sean payton starting some jets and broncos beef shannon sharp rumors and much much more but i've got a guest with me on the show tonight guy that i've been trying to get on for a while we were just chopping it up before we got on guys please welcome peyton doyle from peyton talks nfl so good to have you on man how are you uh how you doing this nice friday i'm doing fantastic man i'm excited to finally be on after all these years man and excited to get into it yes 100 percent. we were just talking about before we got on the show uh two days ago was actually my four-year anniversary of getting into the podcast game from Posting the first episode on a website with a link to now we're live. And I know you've had a couple of ventures as well, but we've been here uh, with each other a lot, dude. And, oh, yeah. and I'm really happy to uh, to let, to excuse me, to get things going. But let's not hold the people any longer, dude, as we had some really interesting news right out of the gate as Aaron Rodgers signs a brand new restructured deal with the New York Jets. And this was kind of crazy because you don't see people very often give back money like this, especially a guy like Aaron Rodgers with this personality. Had nearly $110 million guaranteed remaining on his old deal in Green Bay before he, of course, signed the two-year, $75 million fully guaranteed deal. There's a no tag. There's a no trade clause. And we'll get into it a little more as we get through the topic, man. But let's start right off the top. Are you surprised a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who has had his names of lists and possibly been passive aggressive in press conferences and maybe throwing coaches under the bus that this guy essentially gave back $35 million and signed this type of deal this late in his career with the Jets. I wasn't surprised that he took a pay cut because I do think that Aaron Rodgers is at a point in his career in which he he's made his money and he right. kind of wants to win. And it's yeah. been a long time since he's won at, right. at, at a high level. Um, So I think that he wants to go prove himself on the Jets and prove that he can win elsewhere because we saw Brady do it. We've seen yep. Peyton Manning do it. And now if yep. Rodgers does it, he adds himself to an exclusive class Stafford of quarterbacks well. that have won Super Bowls with multiple franchises. So right. I think that legacy kind of matters to Rodgers now. Right. But $35 million is quite a bit to, to say no to. So I, I was a little bit surprised about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you look at, you know, like you said, uh, Aaron Rodgers career earnings actually was peeping it last night before I went to sleep. He's made over, I think, 340 million in his career up into this point, just signs the two year, $75 million fully guaranteed deal. And let's break it down a little bit, because I think this really says a lot about what the Jets are seeing in Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers is seeing possibly in the future of the Jets, because we had some comments come out and you know, sources are like, oh, apparently Aaron Rodgers expect this to be more than a one-year thing. He comes out and says, I just don't see this as a, a one-and-done type of thing. 
but he's going to get a $35 million roster bonus on July 31st. And his base salary for 2023 is just over $1.8 million. Um, then his base salary in 2024 is going to jump up to 38.1. So a lot of the money is going to be backloaded in this contract. Here's the thing, though, and I don't know if you caught this, Peyton. This is technically a five-year deal, including two option years to spread out bonus proration and create a 2023 cap number of just under $9 million, hence why the base salary is one8 and he's getting the fat really first part of the year of the contract in a roster bonus, which really gives him maximum flexibility for the Jets to build around him. Don't you feel like with this type of contract now, you know, like, and we're going to get into Dalvin Cook here in a little bit, don't you feel like this type of contract shows that Aaron Rodgers is really willing to kind of stay more than a year or two. I mean, with it technically being a five-year deal, and this feels like the players are going to absolutely play their asses off for him. I mean, am, am, I, am I right or wrong there? No, certainly. I think initially, I think that when Rodgers got traded to the Jets, the kind of sense was that it was going to be maybe a two-year thing, right? Yeah. And that Rodgers was going to be on his way out because he had done... Right. He'd kind of hinted at retirement a couple of times in Green Bay every single offseason. It was almost like a little bit of a rumbling there. And yeah. now, you know, he's 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 a different dude. He's a different guy. And sometimes it's hard to understand him. Yeah. Um, but I think that ever since he's gotten to New York, we've seen this kind of version of him in which he is he's comfortable. He's right. happy. He's getting right. along with his teammates. You see Sauce Gardner giving him a new chain and stuff like Literally. that. And it's that he's having fun. And I say, listen, if, if he's having fun. He should not stop. So I, I think it, it, it is a, a, a good thing for him to stay in the NFL for a five-year deal if he feels like he can play that long. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see him have that two- or three-year deal because as much as I find this deal kind of leaning me back into Aaron Rodgers, because I've been one of the few saying, like, the Jets should not walk away. They should run from Aaron Rodgers because he's never really meshed with younger players. The attitude problems get later in the career. He's kind of flirted with retirement the past two or three years you know, blame the Green Bay Packers because they didn't FaceTime him. Like, it's it's been real interesting to see now this side of Aaron Rodgers hanging out with a young Sauce Gardner, connecting with a Garrett Wilson in practice, which if you if you think about it, he's really got no damn uh, choice, obviously, because he's got a very young roster. Um, but, you know, part of me also doesn't want to take the bait and be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is turning a new leaf. This is a completely new player because he is, I, I want to say, 38 years old. He has been in the NFL for well over a decade and some change now. You really can't teach an old dog new tricks. But when you come out and take a $35 million pay cut, when you're basically reducing the amount of money in that very first year, which I feel like is the most pressure, it really shouldn't be. I think he should have that two years to kind of prove himself with the Jets. But when you have that type of money surrounding him in the first year, that's showing that they are willing to bring in people around him. He is willing to take that less of money so they can actually bring in more talent. Now let's get into the real question because, again, this has kind of got me, is Aaron Rodgers turning into a new leaf or is he just doing what they want him to do and then we're really going to see the the old traits of A-Rod by, you know, I don't know, week six, week seven, week 11. Um, how long do you really see Aaron Rodgers playing in New York now that he's got this type of deal in place? Listen, I have always said that for any of these athletes, if you still love it, keep playing. Right. Joe Theismann is is quoted as saying that, having his career end shortly. For as long as Aaron Rodgers loves it, that's the answer. That's how yep. long that he will keep playing for. I love Brady, that. he had a lot of stuff going on. He played for a long time, but he had a lot of stuff going on off the field last year, and he lost focus of it. He lost that same drive that he used to have. Right. So he left the game, and it'll be the same thing for Aaron Rodgers as well. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is in perfect health. Yeah. There is nothing indicating that he is not physically capable of playing this game anymore or will be at any time soon. 
So whenever he's done is when he'll be done. Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. Not to kind of give such an oxymoron or basic answer, but when you see that it is that technical five-year deal that's in place, he does get that two years, $75 million uh, fully guaranteed. I definitely see him playing out those two, depending on, of course, how the two years go. Like, I think if we're talking about maybe a divisional this year and then AFC title game next year, we could see A-Rod work out those final two, three years of the deal, bring in those, you know, those option bonuses and whatnot. Um, but, but, but it's very interesting, you know, and when I saw the news break, because I think a lot of people forget that when Aaron Rodgers and I don't know if you thought about this too, when Aaron Rodgers signed with the New York jets, he was given out his wish list, and then nobody was really talking about how they had to restructure that deal. If they really wanted to get more talent around him and don't get me wrong now that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is there and, and Dalvin cook is more than likely, or whatever the sources are saying, going to be signing with the jets. It's it's a lot happening, you know, it definitely is. Uh, but let's get on actually into the Dalvin Cook segment of the show. Michael Darby is a very, very loyal fan of the show, and he asks every new person, what team are you a fan of, Peyton? <laughs> um, I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> hey, that's have, okay, though. Yeah, I have been rooting for the Browns for quite some time now, and uh, was that the I've, phone case I've I saw sticking there? up with them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I have a lot of faith in you guys this year. I actually just dropped my um it's kind of funny that you're a Browns fan and then I bring you on for this show because just today I dropped the um what's it called? Uh the AFC North predictions or you know, mm-hmm. the Browns part anyways. And I have you guys winning the North because of y'all's really? schedule, the way it's gonna play out, like Bengals, Ravens, kind of the inexperience of the Steelers, I really I feel like is really going to give y'all the upper hand in terms of inexperience with the Steelers. Bengals and Ravens just kind of have a tough schedule, even though it's I want to say in the bottom half of the league, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm pumped for you guys, dude. And and I, I'm really excited to see how Deshaun Watson is actually going to make things shake out there because everyone's kind of tripping about last me, season. Me and- too, but being a Cleveland fan, you don't want to get your hopes up. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know exactly what you mean. Well, let's get into this. So Dalvin Cook is to visit the New York Jets this coming Sunday. Um, I think the news broke shortly after Aaron Rodgers did restructure that deal. So this kind of got the wheels turning. Do you think Aaron Rodgers' new deal is making room for this visit from Dalvin and the reports of him more than likely signing here? There's no question about that. Zero question about that. You know the old saying, if it looks like a pig and it smells (laughs) like a pig and it's oinking, it's a pig. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt that Aaron Rodgers takes a $35 million pay cut and then the next day, Dalvin Cook is on a on a jet to New York right. to go meet with the Jets. And now the there's Sunday these, there. and now the next day, there's these reports coming out that Dalvin Cook is saying that it's the most likely destination for him. It's it's 100 percent a big part on on Aaron Rodgers getting that that pay cut that yeah. he wanted to get Dalvin Cook. Now, I don't know if it was only Dalvin Cook, but definitely Dalvin Cook was a big part of that. Right. Right. And and when you look at like the tenacity of Robert Sala, kind of the chip on the shoulder that Aaron Rodgers has, Dalvin Cook was just cut, you know, from the Vikings kind of not crazily because I, you know, I said in a previous video, like what Alexander Madison is doing is enough. And they were just getting tired of, you know, I guess Dalvin missing two, three, four games a year. You just, you know, you have Justin Jefferson, arguably the best receiver in the league. And then you draft Jordan Addison, who I thought was the best receiver in the draft. Um, and then you have TJ Hawkinson there too. Like they've got a ton of passing ability to where when they let Dalvin go, like at first you were like, what the hell, this is an elite back. But then when you dug into it, it made sense. Yeah. I, w- I would say definitely as well that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers new deal made room for this. And, you know, for, for Dalvin to actually consider the jets, I'm, I'm actually a fan of it because it's just kind of lead us into the next segment or the next question too. you know, 
kind of like you said, as a Browns fan, and I've never been a Jets fan or a Browns fan, but I've understood the franchises and hell, even with being a Saints fan, we've had our series of letdowns. When you saw Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets, when you know the type of defensive roster they have, when you know the the rookies that they have, you know, the young players that are great, kind of makes you want to lean in and be like, wow, is this really going to be a team that kind of just not rebuilt in one offseason, but they really just had to go and grab the quarterback and that whole, oh, they're a quarterback away, they're a quarterback away. That really might be one of the few times we see that, and it's true, kind of like with the Buccaneers, kind of like with the Los Angeles Rams. So if Dalvin Cook does sign here, man, do you think this is going to completely pull together that Jets roster? And I guess would this make you feel better for the Jets to make a deeper run? Because I I know it would for me. I still view Dalvin as elite. Dude can really run any type of uh, run play, of course. Great receiver out of the backfield. I know he's got his injury bugs at times, but he's still a top three back in the league when he's at his peak. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook is a world-class running back when he's healthy. You you, you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, I personally believe that the Jets already have a solid all-around roster. I don't even think they need Dalvin Cook. I think their backfield is actually pretty good with Brees Hall if he's 100% healthy and Michael Carter as well. I think that that backfield is... Michael Carter. Yeah, I I think that backfield is already set. That's why when, when I heard that... Dalvin was going to meet with the Jets. I was pretty surprised because I thought running back wasn't really anything they needed. The And we've seen this before. We, another example of a team that was a quarterback away was the Broncos before Peyton Manning got there. Yeah, Peyton Manning gets there and it's it's it puts them over the top. And I think that that's going to happen with the Jets. I think all they really needed was Aaron Rodgers. I don't yeah. know if anybody who can truthfully say that the Jets would have been a non-playoff team last year if they yeah. had a real quarterback because mm-hmm. Zach Wilson had a winning record, by the way, as the starter. He did. Yeah. He had a winning as record. Weird and as he it sucked. is. He sucked. Yeah. He was terrible. The team was still winning though. Yeah. And now you have a four-time MVP on that roster. And if you get Dalvin Cook, that's that's great, but that's just the the cherry on top. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't really make a big difference. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, Brees Hall, yes, we we know he was really great, and we saw his season get cut short. Michael Carter, I want to say, he was another solid option that we saw working around in that backfield. But just this whole vibe that the Jets have this offseason, you know, the roster that they're building, the roster that they're completing, if it's not already complete. And again, I was that guy that was like, Jets, t- turn away from Aaron Rodgers because you've been a team that – had to go out and get Robert Sala. You went through the pains of Zach Wilson. Now you did grab a sauce and a Garrett Wilson, and they performed great. Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the league. As a rookie, that is unheard of. I don't think that was done since in terms of numbers and like I think Pro Bowl and all pro since like the 80s or the 90s. So definitely some legendary things. <laughs> and I'm just like, these guys have worked their asses off to get to this point. And then you would possibly bring in a a low-key toxic guy in a way like Aaron Rodgers. And I'm I'm not a Rodgers hater at all, but like attitude, character, that really matters in the NFL. We've talked about, you know, um, noise behind teams. And, you know, prime example, when the Broncos were going through new coach, new quarterback, and they were getting sold, I was like, hey, that's a lot, a lot, a lot happening. But now with all of this coming together with the Jets, and I don't know if they're just saying the right things or if they're actually doing the right things. I'm skeptical to buy in on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you kind of get where I'm coming from with Rodgers' wish list in the past days. You know, like I said, when we got into the – the topic of Rogers originally, the passive aggressiveness, you know, the um, what's it called? You know, just the shenanigans at the podium yeah. and with the coaching staff and whatnot. I mean, it's do you feel kind of hesitant to believe that the Jets can go far, whether they do or don't sign Dalvin? I, I want to know if I'm the only one here because I don't want to like, of course, nobody wants to be wrong. I'm OK with being wrong, 
but I, I I need to get your insight on it too. I am not skeptical of them because I think that the only okay the only thing that I'm skeptical about is performance, not how the team is going to fit together. Yeah. Ever since Rodgers has gotten there, he seems super chill. Like mm-hmm. he seems like he's having fun and everybody's liking him. I mean, him and Garrett Wilson are developing a connection that is going to be one of the top quarterback wide receiver duos in the entire NFL right off yep. the bat. Yep. And so everything is pointing to the direction of the Jets are going to be good. I have no reason to believe that they won't be. Yeah. But you are right there. There is a little bit of uh concern because it's 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 the Jets. The organization yeah. <laughs> has it's it does matter. It really yeah. does matter. Historically, the organization has not performed and has not lived up to expectations year in and year out. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. This is definitely one of the biggest stories in the offseason, and I was so glad that all of this happened this week. I mean, NFL season's getting closer. You got a, a couple of Jets topics breaking and whatnot, but we're going to get into a small break here and then get back into the show. This is episode 32 of the NFL with AJL. I'm here with Peyton Doyle from Peyton Talks NFL. Check him out in the description of the video. Got his link trained down there for every bit of content he's got in the same for the show as well. Like us on YouTube, subscribe, share the stream wherever you're watching. And the QR code on Peyton's side of screen, scan that for every bit of podcast and social media content at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. And of course, never forget, we're sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs, where you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate. Make sure to get at them on social media. DM them at Buy and Sell with AJL, exactly how it sounds. You can get on their exclusive newsletter or take advantage of some AI that they've implemented into their business as well. DM them on social or drop your email down below, and I'll make sure that the two of you get connected. Hope everyone's having a great Friday as well as we are live here on the show and uh, we had some big news break as well with another payday from another quarterback. And Joe Burrow's contract is now officially loading. Joe Burrow and his agent are cackling over in the corner, probably harder than Lamar Jackson and Jalen Herbert, or Jalen Herbert, excuse me, Jalen Hurts ever did. As Justin Herbert gets the bag officially, $262.5 million over five years. So this puts him at $52.5 million a year, which is first in the league until Joe Burrow gets paid. Second most guaranteed money in history with about 83% of his deal guaranteed to 18.7 million, which I think is a ton. Um, second largest deal in history behind Patrick Mahomes. And for a quarterback who is 25 and 24, so just a hair above 500 in his career, but he has the most completions, passing yards, and total touchdowns by any player in their first three seasons. So it might seem like a silly question because we know how the quarterback market is, but considering what Justin Herbert is right now as a quarterback, do you think the Chargers possibly overpaid him paying him over 50 million a year or you see this coming with this type of price range oh i mean listen after every single quarterback gets a big contract we always ask the same question did did what team pay overpay for this quarterback and the the answer is always no right the way that the the quarterback market is nowadays it's you either because you either pay them or or they're gone what's the alternative (laughs) to not like I get that the Chargers have kind of underperformed with Justin Herbert, right? But I can guarantee you that without Justin Herbert, they would be way underperforming. <laughs> like yeah. it, they would be one of the worst teams in the NFL if Chase Daniel was their starting quarterback. Yeah. So the alternative to not paying Justin Herbert is not having Justin Herbert. So that means you kind of got to pay him. And yeah. it'll all, you know, the quarterback market is kind of like leapfrog right now. 
it's crazy. Whoever's up for a new deal becomes the be- the highest paid quarterback ever, right? Yep. Um, and that'll even out because we saw a period of time in the NFL where, you know, the guys like, you know, Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, now Philip Rivers all retired. Yep. And now they're getting replaced with some extremely young and talented quarterbacks. So eventually in five to 10 years, this will all plateau and it won't be a game of leapfrog like it has been for the past few years. Yeah, I, I definitely hope it plateaus. I, I kind of wonder at what point when it will like, because, you know, I mean, we're just talking what before Mahomes is crazy deal. I mean, five, six years ago, if you made 30, 35 million as a quarterback, like that was great. You know, you were up there in the rankings. Now we've damn near doubled it, but, you know, over 40, 45, 50 million a year. I mean, Daniel Jones is getting 40 million a year. So we kind of were wondering, okay, what's Lamar going to get? What's Jalen Hurts going to get? We talked about the Herberts, who's now got paid. We talked about the Joe Burrows, who who is going to get paid soon. Of course, I'm not going to say LA overpaid him. Um, I didn't know if he was going to actually become, you know, uh, first in the league, realistically, in terms of getting paid, because, of course, Jalen Hurts has done more, and people like to think that Lamar Jackson has done more, um, which I'm not saying that he hasn't. And, of course, you know, the other deals for quarterbacks that have that have been paid, at least in the upper echelon that we've been talking about with these paydays coming up, I think I, I think it was a – few months back when I first got into the show and I was going over like what Jalen was going to get paid Lamar um, Herbert Burrow and I want to say I had Burrow in like that 300 million range so they did fall just a bit short but they do shorten the years up as well um, to get him that 52 and a half million a year I think the guaranteed money is what jumps out to me 218.7 million guaranteed which is over 80 percent of that deal um, second most guaranteed money in history, I think, just behind Deshaun Watson, who got his fully guaranteed, your boy, yeah. $230 million. Um, it, It's kind of wild, you know, to to see him not necessarily get paid this much, but just to be actually the highest paid. And again, we know that it's a leapfrog, but like when Jalen Hurts got it, I felt like it was respectable when, um, you know, of course, when Mahomes got it, very respectable when, when Lamar got it, very respectable. Um, but I, I guess it just shocked me kind of a little bit to see him actually come in this high on on the what's it, uh, you know, on the yearly or that the average yearly value, um, you know, 25 and 24 with his record. But I've always given Justin Herbert and, you know, chime in at any time on this. I feel like we might agree. Justin Herbert dealing with, you know, like if Brandon Staley's out of there this year, he's going to deal, I think, with his third coach in four years or third coach in five years by the mm-hmm. time it happens. Um, Keenan Allen's been, you know, hurt repeatedly. Austin Eckler has been hurt repeatedly. And we've seen some of the defense too. So, I feel like the Chargers, and I feel like in a way I know the Chargers are seeing through that, and that's why they gave him um, such a hefty payday. You got any yeah. thoughts there? Well, well I, I don't know anybody that can deny it that Justin Herbert is a top three talent in the league, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, pure arm talent, he's up there with Mahomes and Allen. And yeah, I think those three guys have the three best arms in the NFL at the moment. Now, you obviously have to pair that with the it factor, right? And I put that in quotations, but it is a very real thing. It and is. it's the it reason is. why Joe Burrow is about to be the highest paid quarterback of all time <laughs> is because he he has it. He has it. He he just rises to the occasion yep. time after time again. Now, he hasn't gotten over Mahomes yet, but one day he probably will. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's what he needs to pair it with. So. Justin Herbert is not going to be the highest paid quarterback of all time. Somebody will leapfrog him. It will be first Burrow and then eventually other people as well. But 
Herbert has the potential and the capabilities to be one of the best quarterbacks of this generation if he can yeah. put it all together. Right. And I, I know a lot of people say, you know, I even quoted it 25 and 24 at the record, 0 and 1 in the playoff game, horrible blown lead. How much, however much of that you want to attribute to Herbert, that's up to you. Um, Lord, how do, I, I hate when I lose my train of thought right when I'm running into something. I don't, I, God, it just literally escaped my brain. We'll go ahead and move on. But it was, of course, something to, to do with Justin Herbert. Well, we'll get into some beef now that is possibly unfolding as Sean Payton put some statements out there about Nathaniel Hackett in the Broncos 2022 season, defended his quarterback, Russell Wilson, then kind of walked it back some. Uh, and Robert Sala shrugged it off. He said, look, Sean's been in the league, you know, for a while, so he can say whatever the hell he wants. I'm not going to respond to it. Obviously, if you're doing something right, then haters are going to hate. But do you feel like there's possibly some Jets and Broncos beef brewing here because Nathaniel Hackett's there. He just got his hands off Russell Wilson. Sean Payton just gets his hands on Russell Wilson. They play in week four. Um, you feel like there's possibly some beef kind of brewing here to where we could see a new rivalry in the AFC with some preseason talking. I'm sure that they will definitely have that as bulletin board material. Both teams will. <laughs> and they will have that date mark on their calendar in week four. I'm sure they will. It just adds a little bit of extra fire, right? Yeah. Um, Jets and Broncos, like as a prospect of rivalry is a little bit strange. <laughs> just a weird weird matchup that we probably won't see very often. Right. But I think this week four matchup will be, will be a fun matchup. I, I think the jets will win in a landslide, but really, I, I don't believe in the, in the Broncos. I, I know that Sean Payton's a great coach. Um, and I know, you know that, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> he can but, be boneheaded at times, but yes, of course. But I don't, Listen, Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible job coaching last year, and I 100% understand why the Broncos fired him. Yeah. However, there is a point where Russell Wilson was so bad. He was Very bad. abysmal. Very right? bad. There is a reason why Melvin Gordon was giving him, giving him that look on that sideline. We've seen that. And remember how he was just kind of looking at him because he missed mm -hmm. that throw mm -hmm. in the end zone? He wasn't looking at Nathaniel Hackett like that. It was Russell Wilson who was missing wide open receivers and just not seeing guys down the field that are, they don't have a defender within 15 yards of them. So I think Russell Wilson is, a, is on the decline and that it was very evident last year. And it was, it snowballed even more out of control because Nathaniel Hackett's coaching was also terrible. So yeah. that was the reason why the Broncos were that big of a train wreck last year. Maybe Sean Payton comes in and they'll be they'll be solid. They'll be a hard mm -hmm. team to beat. But I think the Jets are going to be um, among the NFL's best this year, and I don't think the Broncos will be. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos will be among the NFL's best. I do think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. I think they'll be competitive in most games than not. Um, and of course, I you know think Sean Payton coming there and you know, some of the moves he made within the draft, within the offseason free agency and all the players that he signed. I think it's going to be a nice turnaround. I won't agree, won't agree that Russ is on the decline. Now, don't get me wrong. He looked horrible last year, and that's probably one of the worst fall-offs we've ever seen. And to get into kind of Sean Payton defending him, you know, um, like Sean Payton was on the herd talking about how he would dial up all of Russ's best plays if he were to be his coach, this, that, and a third, how much he wanted to coach with them. <clears throat> and so... 
you know, with him saying all that, you know, he's watched the tape like for Sean Payton to run the type of offense and the type of team he did with the New Orleans Saints over those 10, 15 plus years and to give them the type of offense like that. And eventually when the defense started to come around under him and Dennis Allen, you had to watch tape. You have to be a student of your craft. You have to devour tape for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and your warm glass of milk before you go to bed. I don't do that. Just kind of throwing it out there, though. Like, you've got to consume the content of football to know. So I would hope that Sean Payton, seeing all the tape that he's seen, understood that Russell Wilson, a good bit of times, was running into pressure that wasn't there, missing wide-open receivers, like you said, not making his reads. And while Nathaniel Hackett might not have been the best play caller or game manager like he should have been in terms of a head coach, you don't ever want a head coach to be a game manager, but they need to have those traits, of course, inside their coaching. Um, You know, you would just... (sighs) You'd like to hope that he actually watched the tape before going out and defending him like that because he was like one of the worst coaching jobs we've ever seen in NFL history. There's 20 dirty hands here in the front office. And then he's like, you know, Russ isn't falling off that bad. Do you do you think he's kind of and of course, he's saying what he's supposed to. But do you think he's mistakenly defending Russell Wilson, as you and I both know that? I mean, him and Hackett shared the blame last year. and Maybe we can even put more on Russ. I don't know. Veteran versus rookie head coach. Your thoughts, though? No, I, I don't think that this is something that is wrong by Sean Payton. I think. Yeah, me neither. It's no wrong. it's 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 okay, and it's what he I'll needs. It's what he needs for his team to to fire up, right? Yeah. I think that the Broncos are in complete disarray after last year, Definitely. and that Inherited team morale team morale is below the basement it's yeah. it's it's past the crust of earth right yep so you need to find a way as a coach to lead your guys and and you know light a fire under them to get them fired up right yeah let them know you believe in them let them know that you think your predecessor sucked and try to light a fire and, and get them motivated to defend your words really right and then he comes out And, you know, I think just today he's in the press conference, you know, with Broncos, Um, you know, they're they're recording him and everything. And he's like, I needed a bit more restraint. I regret that. Sean Payton's kind of walking it back. I'll say, man, this kind of shocked me because Sean Payton in his years in New Orleans, like I watch player interviews that, you know, like Sean Payton could be a real asshole sometimes. And he could just really like put it out there on the table and be like, look, this is the standard. This is what I'm looking for. Or like, I'll get you off the depth chart and off the roster like that. I mean, there were players out there like Delvin Bro, uh, B-R-E-A-U-X, Show 40, um, on Instagram, actually had an interview uh, where he was talking about Sean Payton because he used to play for the Saints, and, and Sean Payton was you know very aggressive at times. He literally, when the Saints went to the NFC Championship and got the no call, he literally walks into the locker room, and he goes, he, he literally comes in the locker room with the Super Bowl trophy, and I think it was 500 grand in cash or a million in cash. I think they get a million dollar bonus if they win the Super Bowl, right? He's like, you guys want this? Win three fucking games. Like, and Sean Payton didn't care. The report got out and he didn't walk it back. Sean Payton, I mean, I, I think he made comments about Russell Wilson's like desk. He's going like, hey, everything they did last year, we're doing the complete opposite. I don't know if you're really like privy to Sean's character over the years, but I guess from what you know, like, are you shocked that, Sean did walk it back after we don't really view it as wrong that he stood up for the team to fire him up like that because it was such a disarray. I, I think the reason why he walked it back was because I think a part of it him, was a bad PR move. It sure. was a bad PR move. And I think, you know, you're right. Sean Payton is, you know, he's very blunt about things at times, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But I think Sean Payton has respect for his colleagues. Yeah. And I think he felt a little bit unsettled inside of him to have ripped Hackett that that badly, you know, throw him him under the bus. You never want to kind of kick a guy when he's down. Right. You know, um, because you you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But but you never know. Hackett might have uh like an aspiration to be a head coach again one day in the yeah. league and, and and whatnot. So I think Sean Payton felt a little bit bad about that. Right. But didn't want that bad karma talking ex- all that shit before you even take a snap with Russell exactly. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't I, I feel like he wasn't trying to throw Hackett under the bus. He just Right. He just He was calling happened. a spade a spade at the end of the day. Exactly. He was just doing it in a Sean Payton style. Exactly. My favorite yeah. part about all of this though was Robert Sala's response. He was so unfazed. <laughs> If you don't have haters, you ain't popping. That right. was hilarious. I yep. I love that kind of attitude from him. And me too. And it, it's it'll this will all blow over. Right now, one final thing on Sean Payton as he rips Hackett in the Broncos' 2022 season. This is episode 32 of the NFL with AJL. Payton says his Broncos are a playoff team, and he'll quote be pissed if they don't make it. So kind of double thing here. One are the Broncos making the playoffs, and two. Do you think Sean Payton is maybe putting some unnecessary pressure on himself walking into this year? Even though he walked it back with mm. ripping Hackett, I think he'll still be pissed if they're not a playoff team. And honestly, I will be very shocked if they're not, just based on how I feel about the Broncos this year. Um, do they make the playoffs? And do you think Payton's putting unnecessary pressure on himself? No, I don't think he's putting unnecessary pressure on himself. I think Sean Payton has been in this rodeo for many years. He understands how it goes. This is the guy that called a surprise onside kick at halftime in the Super Bowl. I, I don't think <laughs> I've he's got my worried. own feelings about it. I got my <laughs> little conspiracy theory on that, but yes, you are. I right. don't think he's concerned about saying that his team should make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, but now whether they or not they will make the playoffs, that's a different question. I think the AFC stacked this year. I think there's three playoff teams already in the AFC East. I think there's God, yeah, that's there's two in that division. They're the AFC West that aren't yeah, the Broncos. Right. And AFC North. Yeah, then you have the AFC North where everyone can make the playoffs. Yep. I I don't see them as a playoff team this year. Maybe, you yep. know, but you never know. In a in a in a conference where everything is gonna be so neck and neck. Yep. A couple things go your way. You go on a little bit of a win streak in the middle of the year. Right. Things might be able to happen. And Sean Payton, in my opinion. If he were to ri- retire today in five years, he would be inducted to the Hall of Fame. For sure. So Absolutely. He, One of the greatest offensive minds. Exactly. He deserves the respect, and I think he can get them to the playoffs, but I don't think that he will. Yeah. At least not this year. Heard that. I think every division next year outside of the AFC South will have some tears rolling out by the time the playoffs start because the North is loaded, the West is loaded, and the East is loaded. And hell, if the Titans decide to stay healthy and the defense is still there <laughs> from last year, I'm just saying, bro, it is the Jags to win, but if that little bit of experience from Brabel and just how he really gets the most out of his guys, Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winner. I feel like some people forget that. It's going to be very competitive in the AFC. I feel like I'm kind of nitpicking here with Sean, and I know I'm a little biased because he used to be you know, with the New Orleans Saints, and I know I was going to keep up with him a lot like from when he said, you know, my heart's not in it, leaves the league for a year, comes back, this, that, and a third. I feel kind of... I don't know. I do feel like I'm nitpicking because I mean, what coach wouldn't be pissed if they had the roster that they did with Sean Payton said that they were, they were a playoff team. I just like, he did walk it back, but with him, with him saying those specific comments 
knowing how Sean Payton had his own coaching gaffes in New Orleans that I personally think kept us out of deeper playoff runs or even making playoffs at certain times, knowing the mess he's inheriting with Denver, maybe it's similar to New Orleans, but you were walking into more of a franchise that was maybe the laughing stock of the world versus the Broncos. Yes, they've had a losing culture for a little bit, but they have had some of the greatest players and quarterbacks of all time play for them, you know? Um, and just considering how last season went, like here we are, another new coach. Now you're retooling, uh, you know, Russell Wilson still in the second year of ownership. I don't know, man. I I do feel like it's a little bit of unnecessary pressure because like just go out there and play and show them that you're still the Sean Payton that we knew, right? Because like I I even remember Sean Payton at one point with the Saints. He was literally getting interviewed about a game that I want to say his own coaching mishap kind of put us out of. And, and it wasn't like a major one to lose, but of course, like reporters doing their job, they asked him about it. And Sean Payton gets asked a question and just doesn't say anything. <laughs> and he's literally sitting there like eating his bagel. And I think the reporter was like, you know, did you hear my question? He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, I'm actually going to chew my bagel. <laughs> and the reporter was like, what kind of bagel is that? And they literally get into a conversation about like going back and forth about this bagel and all. And just to know that Sean Payton can really stand on certain things at that point. But then for him to go back and walk in the back, I don't know. It was it was just a little interesting to me. But hey, new coach, I guess, new team, you know, new system for him to be in. It's going to uh, to be very interesting for sure. But another small break here before we get into the final couple segments here of the show. This has been episode thirty two of the NFL with AJL. I've got Peyton Doyle from Peyton Talks NFL on all social media platforms. Check in the description for his link tree to find all of his content. Same for the NFL with AJL as well. Please like, subscribe on YouTube, share the stream wherever you might be watching. Check the QR code in the corner of the screen for every bit of social media and podcast content. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, never forget to contact or consult Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. Shoot them a DM on Instagram, whether you need to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. They've definitely gotcha taken care of and we know that we couldn't have an nfl news packed week without the cowboys inging somebody to some big money i mean right this is what this is the mo of jerry jones this is what this is what steven uh is it is it steven jones yeah steven jones and jerry jones yeah i think either way we, we the, the folks know who we're getting to here so javon Diggs signs a five-year 97 million dollar extension with the dallas cowboys it ties him for fifth among highest paid corners with $19.4 million a year. You got Marshawn Lattimore, Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey, and Marlon Humphrey's salaries that he's roughly hovering around. Of course, all those players I just mentioned do have higher salaries. So seeing where they put him as fifth among highest paid corners, and this isn't a shock because like at one point a few years ago, Dallas had like Dak as a highest paid quarterback, Zeke as a highest paid running back, and I think a couple of old linemen and Zach with Martin. where they were paid, it didn't really match up to their performance on the field. So do you feel like Dallas paid Javon Diggs here fairly? I always think you pay a lockdown corner, mm -hmm. but is he a lockdown to you? Do you think they paid him fairly? I mean, there's one thing about him. He's a ball hawk. He's a ball hawk. He gets those turnovers and he's a big reason why Dallas will win the turnover battle a lot of times. Yeah. You know, and I get that. Um, he's not necessarily like a glove, you know, he's not like Revis Island. He's not gonna, yeah. he's not gonna, you know, cover up a guy and, and hold him to like 20 yards and three catches. Right. Right. But when you have a ball Hawk like that, that 
it doesn't really matter how many yards you give up. You know, if you can get the turnover, you, odds are you're going to win the game if you win a turnover battle, right? 100%. So, you know, fifth highest paid corner, I would say that's pretty fair. Um, I would say he's probably up there. If he's not top five, he's pretty darn close to top five in the league, right? Yeah. So, and another thing about cornerback uh, contracts in the cornerback market that I've noticed in the past few years is that a lot of people are concerned of teams overpaying for cornerbacks. Yeah. But what I like to mention, and the only reason that I have said this before is because I had to defend the Browns when they signed Denzel Ward to that contract <laughs> that you mentioned. Yeah. Was when quarterbacks contracts are going through the roof, right? You see some positions are taking extreme hits, right? Yep. Defensive tackles because they play a big role in the run game and running backs, as we all know, are taking a huge hit in terms of their contract, but other contracts are going up wide receiver markets going through the roof. Why? Crazy. Because they catch the passes from the guy making $260 million a year. <laughs> now, what does that mean on the other side of the ball? Edge rushers up because they hit the dudes that make a lot of money, right? Yep. And cornerbacks also go all the way up because they stop the receivers who are making money because the quarterbacks are making a lot of money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, they, I love how you connected that, bro. Exactly, that was perfect. Right. It's, it's how it's the order of operations, right? Yeah. So the quarterback market skyrocketing. Then the receiver market goes up. Now what happens? The defensive side of the ball gets their money now. So yep. no, Trevon Diggs didn't get overpaid here. Dallas made a pretty good deal for a guy who is close to a top five corner in the league. He creates a lot of turnovers for that defense. And yeah. I think it will be a good investment for them long-term. Yeah, I think it's a great investment long-term too. This is one of probably my, uh, I guess, more favorable Cowboy signings of the last few years, like 17 interceptions in three years. Now let's make a disclaimer. He did have, I think those, was it 11? Yes, he had 11 in that second year, uh, three in his rookies. Is that correct? Three in his rookie season, three in last season? But I know he's had 17 total picks, so he's essentially averaging, you know, six picks a year, which is which is pretty remarkable, especially in today's league with how pass heavy it is. Um, you know, for them to pay a position that is, you know, uh, him, him being a lockdown corner, him playing that position to defend the wide receiver, of course, catching the patches from the quarterback. I, I love how you put that together. I wish I could have stole that take from you, bro, and and spit it out. That was really nice how you how you strung that along. But no, this is this was one of my more you know favorable signings from them because we knew it had to be done like of course when Dak got paid yes but I think Dak got paid far too much considering what had happened but then again like you have to pay your quarterback so I kind of like how we were just talking with with Justin Herbert and some of the other guys that have got paid um, I do think he was paid fairly and it is good to have a long-term corner locked up for a while especially you know yes the NFC is weaker but you're going to play plenty of AFC AFC teams you're going to play plenty of pass happy teams I mean that's how the league is now today and it was a smart move locking him up. You don't want a guy like that to, you know, possibly have to hit the market. And I, I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. Trevon Diggs was like, I love being in Dallas. I'm confident we can get something done. And boom, they do. Making just shy of 20 a year. And I mean, you look at Marshawn Lattimore, who makes 21 million a year. Your guy, Denzel Ward, who makes 20.1. Jalen Ramsey. Um, big shocker from him. He's going to miss the start of the season with the Dolphins. That'll probably be on the next show. Jalen Ramsey's making 20 million a year. And then Marlon Humphrey right at 19.5. So, I'd probably say outside of Marshawn, Jair, and maybe even, you know, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he can compete with all those guys. He can definitely be one of those corners that gets his respect in the league. So now that Dallas has a, you know, pretty, uh, 
I mean, it was a required extension. You know, they didn't want to let Trevon Diggs get away. Who do you think gets paid next for Dallas? Um, is CD Lamb up for an extension? He is. He's under contract, okay. I think, for the tag of just shy of eighteen million through twenty four. Or they picked up his fifth year option. Excuse me. Okay, they picked up then his fifth year for eighteen million. It will be him. Yeah, he's he's their star wide receiver. He's earned that 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 respect to be a number one receiver in this league. Yeah, and they need him because they. They 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 kind of put their eggs all in one basket uh, with C.D. Lamb to be that guy when they traded away Amari Cooper to the Browns, right? That was them basically saying, "Okay, chips." Yeah, right. That that was an <laughs> absolute steal. And now Amari Cooper is so oh, great. Thank goodness. Hey, he had a quiet, great season for you guys right? last year too. I think Amari with Cooper's very be mediocre quarterback play. I'm I'm saying, bro. Oh. I, I believe in the Deshaun Watson era, bro. I don't want to get too excited for you, but yeah. damn. <laughs> but it'll it'll be him. And it's, uh, yeah. again, the, the receiver market's high. There's a high demand for receivers, especially ever since, you know, a big reason why the receiver market became huge was, I believe, because of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase gets selected, uh, I believe, what, fifth overall, right, to the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. And immediately that offense is one of the best offenses in the entire NFL. Right. And yes, T. Higgins is great. And um, Tyler Boyd is great. They have a great receiving core all around. Yep. But when Jamar Chase came in and Joe Burrow and him had that connection, teams took notice of that. And they said, okay, if we can have like a bread and butter combo between our quarter, our quarterback and our best wide receiver, yep. that's priceless. And they'll pay tons of money to do that. So if CeeDee Lamb and Dak have that kind of connection, especially if they do again this year, he'll get that money. Yeah, definitely think CD is next as well. And you look at his numbers, how they've went up every year. He's really stepped into that wide receiver one role. And I feel like that's why, you know, the Cowboys were willing to give away Amari Cooper for literally a, a, a pack of chips and a slim gym to the Cleveland Browns because CD <laughs> was literally stepping up and being able to, you know, Holly actually just got Brandon cooks. He's been traded so many damn times, but there's, you know, been a couple of other wide receiver two, wide receiver three options out there that CD has been able to stay ahead of, um, so it was, you know, maybe kind of an easier decision for them to to ship him out. But another guy that's going to have a contract coming up too is Micah Parsons. I think he could be one of the highest paid oh. defensive players we'll ever, ever, ever see because of the way that Dallas uses him. Defensive players, when you can get a stud like Micah Parsons, when you can just get an athlete like Micah Parsons on the defensive side of the ball that can come off the edge, that can cover, that can be in the linebacking, you know, maybe any part of the front seven if he gets talented enough, you know. Um, I do think CD will get paid before him because I want to say after, after 2024, I believe is when, um, Micah Parsons will be up for, for an extension, but I know they'll pay him handsomely if they just paid him in any way that they just paid Trevon Diggs, they'll probably aim to make him the highest paid been flying through this show, and, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, before we hop out of here. We've had some talks of Shannon Sharp possibly moving around. We didn't know if he was going to be on television. We know he's still rocking it out with, with Club Shay Shay. He became TV's favorite uncle as he was with Skip Bayless on Skip and Shannon Undisputed and then departed after the NBA Finals. And Stephen A. Smith has not been quiet about it, especially on his new Stephen A. Smith Show podcast that I am actually highly enjoying. If I... I don't feel like it's a different side of Stephen A, but he's really just able to be himself, and it feels genuine there. Stephen A let us know about it. He said, hey, the head honchos know that I want Shannon Sharp. The head honchos are now talking to Shannon Sharp 
to possibly get him on the building. So Peyton, would you enjoy everyone's favorite TV uncle next to Stephen A. Smith daily uh, on first take ESPN? Certainly. Listen, I have not enjoyed, I don't get much time to watch TV, but I have not enjoyed first take since Max has left. Yeah. I loved the fact that they had a consistent co-host to Stephen A., right? Yep. And when it was Skip, it was great. When it was Max, it was great. Undisputed was better than first take with Skip and Shannon. Yes. Yes. And Shannon was, in my opinion, the reason why people tuned in. It was no yes. longer Skip. It became it was the reason Shannon I tuned show. in. <laughs> yeah. And now if you have Shannon and Stephen A., I think that would be just a match made in heaven for, for television. That's for sure. Yeah. Right there with you, man. I, I would really love to see this move pulled off because – you know, we see what's happening with ESPN. Like they talked about the layoffs or at least Disney said, and we know that they're you know both the same company or at least owned, you know, together. Um, Disney talked about the 7,000 jobs that were coming and, you know, the layoffs. So they lay off all these people. I mean, lay off absolute veterans, legends, an average of 20 years of talent from Susie Colbert to Max Kellerman to Keyshawn Johnson. The names kept going on and on and on. And there's more coming, right? Stephen A literally said, ladies and gentlemen, I could very well be next. And who knows what would happen for Stephen A. He's fine. I know he's made his money. He's a very smart businessman. But he's being another very smart businessman, knowing that Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is the cream of the crop right now for a broadcaster, if you ask me. The attitude, the humor, the true character, the grind, the grit, just the way he showed up every day. I mean, of course, it, it wasn't a shock to me that he actually cried on his final moments for Skip and Shannon. But he said, just know when I lay my head down every night that I gave it everything I had. And, and I felt that. I believed that from Shannon. And I was shocked by how Shannon actually transitioned very well into that broadcasting role. I mean, he even said, like, I didn't think I was able to do it. But then Skip believed in me. But then I had people from FS1 that actually gave me a chance, knowing that I had never really been in front of a camera or on a microphone. And you know, giving takes like he was with sports and, and hitting the nail on the head between football, between basketball. I mean, even when boxing, when they would bring it up, you know, and he, of course, had his writers and, and producers and all, but still to deliver and, you know, have knowledge like that was great. So now we see ESPN, they lay those people off. They bring in the Pat McAfee show. Stephen A knows what he's up to here. I would love to see Shannon Sharp on first take. I would hope that he would still be able to be his true self because I do feel like FS1 and, and maybe you'll agree here too. I feel like FS1 is a little looser of a company than ESPN, but that's okay because I like the herd. I like speak, um, you know, you know, multiple shows like that. that rolled through skip and Shannon, of course. Um, I like that the carton show is on there too, a little loose, but I think it, I think it would be a really great move. And I think it would be a good pivot for Edith for ESPN to be like, Hey, yes, we did just lay off all of this legendary talent. But I think Shannon started back in 2016. So he's, you know, not even got 10 years under his belt. We see Pat McAfee just a few years, you know, really grinding. I think, I don't know, hell, Pat might be over six, seven years now. But guys that have been in the game for a while, but still kind of young in terms of the legends that ESPN just let go of. I think that's uh, that's exactly what they're pushing towards here. You know, and it, I think it really also depends on what ESPN's plans are. Right. Um, there's a reason why... Um, like Stephen A has his own podcast now. Oh, a hundred percent. There's there's a reason why he, he is not going to get left hung out to dry. Exactly. <laughs> and th if you noticed, Colin Cowherd did the same thing yep. last or two years ago now, right? Yep. With the, the volume, volume, which and is now he has blown up. Yeah, Draymond Green's on there and all that stuff. Yep. yep. Television is is dying. It is, and it's a big problem. That's why they got laid off. So. Yep. 
it would kind of be interesting if they went out and paid big money because I'm sure Shannon Sharp demands a pretty penny in, yeah. in, in his market because, like right. you said, he is one of the best. Right. So it would be it would be kind of like conflicting if they went out and paid him huge money, especially since they gave Stephen A. such a big contract. I mean, Stephen A. is making it in the millions of years, millions yeah. of dollars per year now. Yeah. Um, Number one it, show on ESPN for 11 straight years, and he will not let you forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be proud as hell too, though. Yeah, but you know? the, the industry is kind of taking another turn. Right. I almost feel like if if ESPN's planning on trying to move away from pure like television content, right. It, it wouldn't be a great move in terms of the long term. What do you think about that? If they're trying to move away from like strictly TV content? Yeah. And they wanted to go to more of like, you know, podcasts and stuff, almost like a bleacher report app. Yeah. Or stuff like that. I, I think those those apps are trending a lot more. Definitely. And when you see Bleacher Report bringing on like, you know, guys like Pick a Side podcast on YouTube and the Draymond Green show or any of just these other like shows that have built up strictly on socialists because they want to appeal to that. I don't think it would be a bad move for ESPN strictly because I mean, they've been in the game for so long, like they have the money, they have the resources to do it. It would just be a matter of who they actually pivot to like Shannon Sharp like the Pat McAfee show, like, are you going to go and get those people that are really driving the market right now, even though they might or might not be employed because of what may or may not have happened with the show? Um, I don't think it would be a bad move. I don't think they should, of course, completely cut TV content because things like SportsCenter, things like First Take, um, I mean, hell, pardon the interruption. They have been trucking it along for years, and I love that that duo has been able to stay together. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see, man, because, I mean, you've got guys like you and I that put on shows and put out content every day, every week, every month. And then you've got big companies like ESPN that can pour the millions and billions of dollars into running a potential commercial on a, you know, whatever type of show that no one's going to pay attention to. Or are they going to put that money into paid ads on social and going after these podcasters and and things of that nature? But, man, this was a fantastic show, a packed show that we actually flew through man that has been episode 32 of the nfl with ajl i'm going to cue this music and uh we'll get out of here bro all right that was episode 32 of the nfl with ajl we talked sean payton ripping nathaniel hackett we talked the jets with aaron Rodgers with dalvin cook just got off the Shannon Sharp topic, and I was joined tonight on episode 32 live by Peyton Doyle from Peyton Talks NFL. Man, go ahead and plug yourself. Welcome back to the game. Thank what you, you got coming up, dude? It's it's so good to have you back, genuinely. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. First, before you do anything, make sure you subscribe to this man right here. He's been making great content ever since he's come back. The NFL with AJL is absolutely where it's at. But after you Thank do that, you, you can check me out as well. Peyton Talks NFL, pretty similar names. Um, but I post NFL content. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I've been posting a lot of shorts. I do have a long form video coming up though for the first time um, about quarterbacks who are fighting for their jobs this season. So make sure to stay tuned for that. 
Yes, absolutely, man. Guys, get in the description to get my link tree for all content. That's also what's on the QR code. Peyton's link tree is in the description as well of YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, wherever the hell you're checking us out for episode 32. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. We need you guys. We wouldn't be able to put on the shows that we do, put out the content that we do without y'all support. And the support of you guys keeps us going. It keeps us trucking. We got six days until the preseason of the NFL is here. We just have a few weeks, a little bit over a month before we've got Chiefs-Lions on Thursday night. Episode 33 will be coming out before you guys know it. This is the NFL with AJL and Peyton Talks NFL.